Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1090 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Emma. She is 22 years old and has recently been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Today, Emma is going to share her story with us. We're going to talk a little bit about Ozempic and you're going to hear about some of the frustrations that she has. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at CozyEarth.com. When you place your first order for AG1 with my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a free year's supply of vitamin D. Drink AG1.com slash JUICEBOX. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. And get those automatic downloads set up so you never miss an episode. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Hi, I'm Emma. I am 22 years old and I have type 1 diabetes. Emma, how long have you had type 1? For about a little over a year. Ooh, this is fresh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Did that suck? For a little bit, it sucked. Yeah, I I was in school. I was a junior and it was right when all the hard stuff was happening, like academically. So it was, it was a lot at one time, but yeah. Do you think younger people are like, wait, college isn't hard right away? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of universities kind of ease you into it. Freshman year is is a lot about um, figuring out your life socially as well as academically um, and and getting that independence. So I don't know. I hope I hope that freshman year is easier than junior year. But yeah, I see what you mean. I I watch it happen with both my kids. And yeah, but when it's happening to you as a freshman, you don't think, oh, this is easy. Right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mute my phone. Look at me giving you all kinds of rules before we start. I didn't mute my <laughs> phone. Sorry about that. You're good. So, okay. So you're at school. Everything's well, right. I just good. Oh, for diagnosis. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. just graduated, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I mean, when you were diagnosed, so you're, are you far from home or re- relatively close when you're I'm, So I'm far. I'm from Texas originally. Um, and I'm in Miami for school. That was maybe the hardest thing, like being so far from my parents. Um, I was in the hospital for like three days and um, they were like constantly on the phone with me and they were like, we can fly down like if you need. But I was about to turn 21 and I was like, you know, I just I think I can do this. I don't I don't need you to come down. My boyfriend was was in me in the hospital or was in the hospital with me. Mm -hmm for those three days. So, and that made it a lot easier, but yeah, gotcha. having his, cause it's that in between period where like, you're not quite like a full adult, but, um, you're not like super reliant on your parents anymore. Yeah. So that it was a hard, hard time. 
Plus, you probably don't know about the more um, frightening aspects of diabetes in the very beginning, right? No, I knew nothing about diabetes. I knew absolutely nothing. Because no one in my family has diabetes or like any autoimmune stuff. So it was completely a surprise. Like if you were in the hospital and a nurse was like, hey, this insulin, if you give yourself too much of it, you could have a seizure and die. You think you would have told your mom to fly there right away? Perhaps. (laughs) Yeah. You'd be like, hey, mom, I just found out. I'm not an adult. <laughs> Get over <Right>. here. <laughs> I'm looking at this dumb boy that I'm dating, and I don't think he can handle this. <laughs> yeah, no, so true. And yeah. they didn't even really tell me anything in the hospital. Like mm-hmm. they they were they were like, okay, you take six units of this when you eat, and then you take twelve of this like every night, and then like maybe you'll be fine. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that. Thanks. So. Yay. <laughs> so how, how long are you in the hospital for? I was in the hospital for three days. Okay. Yeah. I was like emailing all my professors. Like, oh, sorry, I can't come to class. And they were, most of them were really understanding and very kind. So were, yeah. were, were any of them not? No, because no? Okay. I'm, so I'm at school for music. So all my classes were really small and I knew most of my professors like pretty personally. Sure. So they were they were very understanding. That makes sense. Okay. So you get back to school and it, it's just back to the schedule. So do you learn diabetes while you're going to class or do you take a couple days off? When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages two and above. Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with pheochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvoglucagon.com slash risk. No, I just went right back to school. I did. Yeah, there was, I think, like two classes specifically that were mostly lecture based. It was um, music history, and then I was doing a music for special learners class that were all lectures, and I just like completely tuned out. I like was reading blogs, I was reading like academic journals about type one, and and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not paying attention at all. <laughs> well, it's overwhelming, right? Like you're completely by yourself, and there's this thing; it's lifelong, and you don't have a lot of context for it, but you were very interested to learn more. You didn't just go with the, well, this is what they said, and this is what I need to know. You, you tried to figure out more. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And like, why would I want to learn about like Wagner being anti-Semitic when I could learn something that could save my life? You know what I mean? (laughs) Was he? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, that also seems like something you could learn in four seconds. Like you told me now and I'll never forget that. I'll be like, okay. There you go. (laughs) Um, Does it hurt you in school or do you, are you able to kind of keep up at the same time? My GPA dropped a little bit. I think that semester I was sitting at like a, like a 3.8. And I think that specific semester it was like 3.4. No. Yeah. I think, I think that'll be okay. But yeah, no, I'm good. I graduated, got my degree, so. So you got your degree in music, but are you a, are you teaching music? Yeah, so my degree is in music education. Oh, wow. Little kids, or who are you teaching? So I'm certified K-12, through um, but I think I want to teach elementary music. 
I just finished my internship, which is for education majors. The last semester of your um, four years in college is your student teaching. So you're not in school and in college at all, but you're in school as teaching, like with a mentor teacher um, and stuff. Nice. Uh, do you play instruments? I'm a vocalist. Very nice. Um, and so how do you... So I'm trying to think back to when I was in school. So like chorus class, I remember. Mm-hmm. That is that going to be your vibe? You're going to teach kids to sing and things like that? Yeah, I so I taught for my placement. I had I had split placement. So I was in a secondary school um, teaching a sixth through 12th grade choir for half of the semester, which I loved. And then for the other half, I was teaching general music uh, second through fifth grade. And I, I really love both. I coming into it, I thought that I was just elementary because like my mind kind of works that way. And my mom is also a music um, educator. She teaches little kids too. Mm-hmm. But I really love teaching choir. I think that wherever I end up, I would also want to do either like after school choir or like a community choir somewhere. But yeah. I want to give you a piece of advice based on an experience I had as a child. Uh, okay. Don't let your skirt get stuck in your leggings before you go up on stage to run the like thing when all the parents come. Okay. okay. Deal. I watched that happen to a lady. To she didn't seem. Um. Uh. She was embarrassed. She was very, very. Embarrassed. Oh, no. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. That seems bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. I think you're going to be fine after that. Okay. All right. Deal. Okay. So you've only had diabetes now for like a year. So do they yeah. give you technology at the hospital? Do you learn about technology? Are you still MDI? What is happening with all that? So I was MDI for the first like three months. And I had, first it was like long acting pen, short acting pen. Well, no, it was always that. But I, I got the in pen about like a week after I got out of the hospital, which was really awesome. And I was on the in pen for like three months at diagnosis. My A1C was 11.9. Uh-huh. And then after the first three months on the in I dropped it to 6.5, which was great. Yeah. No kidding. Um, Are you very active? Yeah. Um, no, no, not at all. Actually. <laughs> I like walk to school and stuff, but no, it's very honest. It's very yeah. honest. You're like, no, no, I, I am not, I'm not an active person. <laughs> what, what what would you consider your kind of fueling plan? Like, how did you eat prior to diabetes? My my boyfriend cooks a lot for me, um, and he's Cuban, so he would make a lot of like Cuban food. And um, at the time, he was working in a restaurant, so he was also learning other stuff too. But I would just eat whatever he would make for me, oh, okay. which was yeah, but. Right now, well, after after diagnosis, I was getting all this information from like the hospital and things of like you have to do this like half um, this like plate diagram thing where half of it is is um, vegetables and the other half is like or quarter is protein and carbs or whatever, um, which is more of a type two thing, but that's what they told me. So I kind of just like ran with that, and mm-hmm. my boyfriend, I started like meal prepping, which really. I think was a was a key factor in bringing my A1C down like cuz having having those consistent meals that I like could learn what to bolus for like throughout the week and just every time it was easier because like I knew what to expect that made it a lot easier. You know, I joked about this boy earlier, but it sounds like he was pretty invested in helping you. 
no, he's, he's, he's the best. And he like out of everyone in my life, even really my parents, like he, he took, he, he's taken the most time to like learn about type one and like, he knows what most of my alarms mean. He knows what to do if anything happens and he like cooks for me and he learned how to carb count like in a few weeks and, wow. and was helpful in that way too. He like, he learned how to tell me like when to pre-bolus and stuff. Cause since he was cooking, he would be the one that would know when the food would be ready in 20 minutes. So he'd be like, okay, I mean, you need to, um, bolus now. Um, cause he learned about pre-bolusing and things like that. So oh, that's really nice. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he deserves a, uh, a long leash in case he messes oh, yeah. up. You know what I mean? Like maybe <laughs> cause eventually he's going to screw something up. So just, you know, Remember this part then. <laughs> he did learn about pre-bolusing. Uh, so, oh, wow, that's really kind of, that's wonderful, especially because you're by yourself. I mean, there's nobody else there. How much do you allow friends in, into this new world? I kind of let them decide. I mean, like my roommate um, in college, she uh, she's like on my Dexcom, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's learned less about it, but she kind of knows the ropes i think i so i do but okay but if my friends are like can i be on your dexcom i'll be like yes and i'll send them an invite because i just i think that that's super cute for them to know how i'm doing and i have this is gonna sound so like young but i have um a private snapchat story that's called diabetes diaries and that's what i like post on all the updates of like, and then the first few months it was like, ugh, I'm low, or like, ugh, I'm high, or like, this is me putting on my Dexcom or my Omnipod when I got that. Yeah, some of my friends are more invested than others, but the people on that story are the people that have like shown interest in learning about diabetes, which I think is really awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about wanting to share it that way? Like, what's the what's the reason it makes you? Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like what makes you start doing that? Mm-hmm. And what did you get from it or not get from it? I think, I don't know. I, I, cause I'm not really someone who like puts everything on social media either, mm-hmm. but like when I was diagnosed, I knew absolutely nothing about type one, even though I like, I knew people, I had friends in high school who had type one, but they never really talked about it. So I didn't know anything and I just, there's so many like misconceptions and, and stereotypes and like, just like things that people don't know. So, so I, I don't know. I I like to advocate for people with type one. It feels, it felt important then to help other people understand the reality of what had happened to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think you did that? Do you think you reach people and and changed their opinions or educated them? I think so. I think so. I think, but it really, it's, it's about like how much you as an individual wants to receive the information, you know, because you can just like swipe on the story and skip it, you know, it's, it's, it's up to the individual, but I do have great friends who, who have been invested in learning, which is great. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, you're just putting it out there. It's it's up to other people to pick it up or not. But I was just wondering yeah. if you actually saw people responding that was beyond like, oh, I'm sorry. Like if they, if they got interested, like if you really felt like you left them with something. No, I think I did. Like when I, I'll, whenever I get my new A1Cs, I'll like post on there. And more often than not, like 
probably five people will be like, will swipe up and respond and be like, yeah, go Emma. Oh, that's so, cool. That's fun. really great. That's excellent. Did, is it something you kept up with or did it die off after a bit? No, I, I still post on that. I posted today. I was like, going to be a guest on my favorite diabetes podcast. So then oh. good vibes. And everyone was like, yeah. Are you on a different podcast after we record this? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you meant oh, this gosh. one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was trying to be uh, humble and funny at the same time. It didn't mm. work. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you said you were doing a lot of reading online. Is that where you found out about the podcast? No. no. So I found out about it really in the hospital, but I didn't start listening until until later. But I, so I, I in the hospital, I was like, doing crazy Googling, just like Googling every question that popped up into my head as you do. And at the time I was 20 and was going to turn 21 in like a month. And so I was like, like, what's the deal with drinking and like alcohol? Because obviously that is a factor, but I don't know what that is. And every like article I would find on Google was like, "Mm, don't drink, like maybe like one, but like, it's not safe. So like, just don't. And I was like, I, hmm, I'm in college. Like I'm about to turn 21. Like that's not going to be real life for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's an incorrect answer. Yeah. And I was going to ask, I was funny. You said I looked into questions that I thought of and I thought, oh, I actually wrote down in front of me, like ask her some of the questions that she asked. And you were like drinking. Were there other ones besides drinking or was that really the main focus? See, Emma, that was funny because you come off so like, um, you come off so nicely, like very like mature and like, and everything. I was like, I wonder what she asked about. And then when you said that, I was like, oh, okay, that checks out. So so did you figure out how to drink? Yeah. So, okay. So after that, I was like, this can't be real. I know that people with type one drink. So I joined a Facebook group, which was not yours. I will tell you that it was not yours. It was a different one. Um, and I made a post and I was like, Hey, like I just got diagnosed sitting in the hospital about train 21. Like what's the deal with drinking any like advice or like tips and tricks would be welcome. And I got like, like probably like just dozens of comments and ranging from like, no, I don't drink or like, yeah, I'll have a beer or like, Oh, wine works for me. Seltzers, whatever. And, and then people were like, don't bolus because you'll go high, but then you'll come crashing down. Things like that. Other people were like, no, just smoke weed. Like, don't mess with alcohol. <laughs> people are like, skip vodka. Go right to morphine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, bunch, tons of advice. Um, and then one of them was, like, uh, listen to this episode of this podcast. And it was a link to the one of your After Dark episodes about oh, sure. alcohol. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember doing that one. Yeah. And so I didn't listen in the hospital because I was overwhelmed and sleeping a lot. Mm-hmm. But about like probably a week after I got out, I listened to that episode. And then I just like couldn't get enough. I just kept listening and listening. And it was truly information that saved my life. Because like it's not information that you can get like readily anywhere. Because it's like real from like real people who, yeah, who, you know. Yeah, you don't you, know. you don't think one of the big pharma companies is gonna do a big blog post on how to get loaded while you have type one diabetes? Probably, mm, probably you not. would think, but <laughs> probably not. That that person in that episode now, by the way, is a is a mommy. She like has a baby oh, and everything. Wow. Isn't that cool? 
So that's great. Yeah, it's been a while now. Okay, so I so Uncle Scott taught you how to drink with your insulin, and then <laughs> that should be on my tombstone, don't you think? I wonder how many people I've helped get drunk. <laughs> But that's just, that's that's terrific. And you did get to it quickly. Like you said, oh, I didn't do it right away in the hospital because I was tired. But a week or so later is, I think, an indication of how much you wanted to drink. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the time, the clock was ticking. I It was like less than probably three weeks that I had to figure it out. <laughs> Mom, so. I got important things I got to figure out over here. <laughs> I got number five on my list. Where does this insulin come from? Number two is how do I get drunk? <laughs> That's excellent. Exactly. Yeah. Did you have any kind of uh, depression or sadness after you were diagnosed? No. Mm -hmm. No, I, I had a good support system, which I think was really key. I, it, there was a lot of like frustration of just like, because it, it's a lot of like trying things and then them not working and then doing something differently next time. And I was like learning things so quickly that it was like information overload, but, yeah. but no, like it didn't really affect it. Honestly, honestly, because for like three months about I, my blood sugars were like crazy high and I just didn't know it. So I was like super tired all the time, obviously like, you know, high, being high is not fun, but I didn't know it. I was just like, oh, I'm burnt out from school, which is why I'm napping two times a day and like am irritable all the time and whatever. So once I got my blood sugars in range, like it was honestly you were great. Relieved. Like I felt better. Yeah, you were relieved yeah. to have a reason for why you felt that way. Yeah. And none sure. of you don't have any of those, like your brain chemistry doesn't work like, why me? This isn't fair. I'm in college. I'm so young. None of that comes into your head. Well, I about like once a month, I would say I have like a diabetes breakdown is what I call them. Mm -hmm. Like it just, but you have to do that. Like you have to just get it out somehow. But most, for the most part, I'm like, I'm doing okay. And I was doing okay. Strong contender for the title of your episode, by the way. What is it? What Di is that? Diabetes breakdown. Yeah. It's got double entendre means different things. It's going to be fantastic. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. I, I get that. Like, where does the breakdown go to? Like, do you throw something? Is it like loud cursing, screaming into a pillow, crying? How does it happen? Oh, just like, just like heavy crying, like uh, sobbing, sobbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the sob. Just the <laughs> yeah. No. It really is like you, you feel better afterwards, don't you? Truly, yeah, yeah. And I'm like a crier in general, so. This on top of that was, it was, it was bound to happen that way. I had one at school, which was not fun at all. Like yeah. in, not in class or just in your dorm? Like in like the elementary school I was teaching at. Oh, while you were teaching. Okay. We'll get back to that. Did you cry okay. during the recent Guardians of the Galaxy film, Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers. No spoilers. Right, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I cried. <laughs> And, okay. and a, a little bit, not like bawling, but like tears. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're watching a movie that is so clearly not reality. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when you cry during something like that, you say to yourself, yeah, I'm a person that can cry. <laughs> like, yeah, that, awesome. that, that's really, that's a thing I can do. Okay. You should get out to see it though. It was good. Okay. All cool. right. Okay. So you get out of school and you have a job and you kind of fall apart at work. What led yeah. to that? Yeah. So what happened was, um, so my teacher 
both my teachers, um, like my mentor teachers at the schools knew I had diabetes and, um, like I, but they didn't know much obviously. So like when they would hear alarms, you'd be like, are you good? I'd be like, yeah, fine. Um, but there was one day where my teacher, it was a Wednesday. So she had planning all day, planning periods, no real classes with kids which was fortunate for me because this happened. But um, she was saying yesterday, the day before that, that she was going to take me out to lunch or whatever. Um, and I forgot about that. And I brought my lunch. And then um, 20 minutes before the time that we usually eat, I pre bolused obviously, so that I could eat. But then like 10 minutes after that, she like came in and was like, um, do you want to leave for lunch in like however long? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I didn't want to be like a bother. So I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, okay, maybe I can just like have something to eat now. So I won't have to have as many carbs and then it'll balance out. And then I'll just like bolus when I get there. And then like the place that we were going to pick up food was like closed. <laughs> and then we like, she like didn't really do anything about it. And we just like moved on to like lesson planning. And I was like, oh, Oh, she's like, bummer, this is closed. Let's go back to work. Yeah. yeah. Like, we'll just figure it out after, like, I explain this lesson plan to you. Yeah. And I was like, no, Emma's, oh. Emma's going to be flipping around like a fish by then. So, um, <laughs> right, exactly. <yeah. laughs> um, and so then I was like, uh, I just, I, I'll be right back. And I was like, okay. So I, like, go to the vending machine in the um, lounge. And I was like, I'll just get, like, a soda. And then I'll just sip on it. And it'll be okay. And then the vending machine was cash only. Which that is so stupid because cash doesn't exist anymore. That's not real money. Like, why would that be a thing? So I was like freaking out. I Did was you like consider crying. Consider breaking the glass. <laughs> no, no, no. And there wasn't even like soda. It was like Gatorade, and I was like, ugh. So, <laughs> it's not even um, what I want. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna go to all this trouble to get into this machine to get something I don't even want. Oh, no, wow. it was horrible. It was horrible. And so then I like texted her and I was like, I just listen, I just need to eat lunch. And she was like, okay, I understand. Like, let's, let's do it. Let's eat. And it was just so frustrating. And then I went high, which was so annoying. Mm. It was so annoying with all that going on. And yeah, you probably got bad. hit pretty hard with some adrenaline when you realized there was no food. Yeah. yeah. No. And so after all that, do you just melt down? Yeah. Yeah. Like mascara running down my cheeks. It was bad. And we had, we have lunch with the art teacher too, who was like also crazy in a good way. Um, and I just got to like vent to them, which was, which was good. They all are by the way, the art teachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just like hippies and like that kind of vibe. I remember my art mm -hmm. teacher. I remember my art teacher when I was in middle school had a, like a cow's skull and it a had cow? like yeah, real, yeah, a real cow skull it had, <gasps> it had like a bullet hole in it. So you could see that oh the, 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 the cow was put down for meat. And then anytime someone looked at it, she would tell you about being a vegetarian. Like it was, oh, it was, my God. it was her, it was her starter for like, she wanted to bang the drum for not eating meat. And so that thing there, I think I always got the vibe was that was supposed to horrify you. And then she, I think she thought she was going to create a, a legion of vegetarians from it. <laughs> it did not oh, work on me. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. No, no. But um, 
and Arden's art teacher in high school. She's like, she's so nice and gentle. And like, that's how she talks about her. Like, she's gentle. (laughs) And uh, it's just interesting. So these ladies were, um, I'm sorry, they were ladies? Yeah. Yeah. These ladies were supportive and understanding. They just listened. Um, Did you feel supported? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then my, the art teacher's stepdad also has type one who she's close with her stepdad. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, she was like, yeah, my stepdad, like he'll just be beeping all day. And cause he's like low all day is what she said. Like, and he just, my mom, her mom and her are like, you just have to eat a little something like every few hours and you'll be okay. But he's like waking up in the night cause he's low. And so I try to like give her a little, like usually lower basil maybe, but those words don't mean anything to her. So I don't know, but they were very understanding. I have one more question about that moment. The, yeah. uh, the end when it's mascara and everything that's happening, is that frustration, anger, fear? What was motivating your, your feelings? Definitely frustration and anger too. Cause I get frustrated about like, like the situation. And then it's just like a broader anger of like, why is this happening in my life? Like, mm-hmm. Cause there's no reason. Like my family doesn't have autoimmune stuff, so oh, it's there's just nothing like, at all. We don't have celiac no. somewhere or nothing. No, oh which is gosh. so annoying. It's so annoying. Super random that it was me. Unpleasant. Yeah. Did but, uh, your diagnosis was it precipitated by a virus of any kind? I think so. They never said that, but I got sick in December of my junior year, and then. Um, I like never really like it like took months for me for like the cough to go away. And then that kind of lines up with my A1C2 being so high. It was about three months um, after that, that I got diagnosed. So Mm -hmm. do you know what kind of illness it was? No, just like a cold. Okay. But you couldn't shake it. No. Almost. Yeah. And then I'm sorry. Almost like your immune system was busy doing something else. Yeah. Like beating up your pancreas. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I got you. I'm sorry. So, so after, after I got sick, that was when I started seeing the symptoms that I know now were high blood sugars, like thirsty all the time. I was like peeing a lot, like waking up in the night to go to the bathroom and stuff. And what's super funny is that when all that was happening and I was so thirsty all the time, I was craving juice. So I would like, whenever I'd go to like the store to get something or like the market at school, I would be like, hmm, what juice do I want? Because I was a self-proclaimed juice girl, which is hilarious <laughs> because it was just driving my blood sugar so high. I know it. And I would feel like garbage after I like was drinking all this juice. But yeah. Were people calling you juice girl or was this just something you had attached to yourself? No, I was just like, I was just like, oh, I'm a juice girl. I'm going to go get a juice. And then I was going to get a juice. <laughs> I don't think juice girl beats out diabetes breakdown, but I'll jot it down. Don't, don't <laughs> worry. I'll jot it down. <laughs> I'm juice girl. That's the worst superhero. Yeah, for real. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Like squirt people in the face with a little straw, maybe. Mm. Yeah, you're not going to stop much crime that way. Um, what if... Oh, you know, I don't know if you've done this, but I'm going to ask, have you given any consideration to how this impacted you with the age you were diagnosed versus how it would have been if you were younger when it happened? I do. Yeah. I, so 
I think that hmm, because, because my parents are wonderful, like they're really wonderful people and they've always been invested in my growth and, um, my school and everything like that. Um, and so I think that if I was diagnosed younger, they would have had a a huge part to play in my management and stuff. And my dad is someone who is super, super smart. And, um, I think that he would get a handle on it really quickly, sort of like you. His name is also Scott, which I think is is it really? Because awesome yeah, because he's like my dad, and you're like my like diabetes dad. Oh, yeah. that's so nice. But <laughs> so so yeah, I think that they would have had a a big part to play in my management. But since I was away from home when it happened, and sort of like not really relying on them, like they haven't learned that much about it and um they like visited me for the first time like three months after it happened um and they were like I was like doing injections and they were just kind of like staring which like be you like obviously you would be like curious about it and whenever we're together they like will ask questions and things but they I don't know there so I the story of it was the fourth of July, the yeah. summer after I was diagnosed. And they were basically like, Okay, just tell us like what you need us to do. And I was like, Okay, like just tell me like twenty minutes before we'll eat we're we're eating lunch and I'll pre bowl this. And they were like, Okay. Spoiler alert, that did not happen. <laughs> they were like, Okay, grab a plate and I was like, Oh, okay. So I was one like thing. kind of scrambled. I asked you to do one thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then they realized and they're like, Oh, uh, we, we can wait. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I was like, I was like trying to like carb count. I was looking at like the packages that were in the trash of like the hamburger buns and things like that. Um, and like trying to count up all these carbs. And then my mom was like, my mom was like, Emma, like hurry. Like, why aren't you doing it? So we can like eat. Fuck you like, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I like I, you asked me what you can do. <laughs> I know. I know. And I was like, stop, like cut it out. So that was also another breakdown that I had. And I like had to like leave. I like went to the bedroom and I was just like sobbing. Mm-hmm. And oh wait, hold on. Can you hear me? My I think my AirPod just died. Are you okay? I mean, I can, but if your AirPod died, we're in trouble. <laughs> no, you're good. One's still alive. One's still alive. You want to put one in the case? Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so I was like sobbing and she like came to see me and she was like, I'm sorry. Like like tell me what's going on and I was like you just like don't know anything I don't know why you don't know anything like like why haven't you like done your research like you should you should like I have type one like you should know these things and she was like well it's hard because like you're not around to like ask questions and stuff and I remember like I was like read a book (laughs) read a book (laughs) but like I do I do get it because because I'm also someone that would probably be in the same boat as them. I don't know about that. You you got right to it when you were diagnosed. Yeah, but but I mean, they like I can't stress enough like how I love. Oh, my I know so much. they're lovely. You love them. We're just telling a story. I hear you. Let's uh, pick through this for a second because you hit on okay. something that uh, crushes me as a parent. Uh, two things actually. You teed me up to be very upset. So there's two things that I struggle with a lot. And the, the first thing is, I always wonder, just on a very human level, 
Is there somewhere in the back of their mind that your parents are just relieved that you're an adult when this happened to you? And that they're just like, know. you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I'm so glad I don't have to be involved in this. Or are they relieved but sad that they're relieved? Because sure. it's hard to let go of it. Like Arden texted us last night. Like I can't, I can't stress enough. My wife and I had a really nice day yesterday, and we get in bed and we're actually talking about how nicely the day went. This is the part where if we were younger, we would have sex. But instead, Emma, we're older, so we chat about how nice the day is, right? And um, and we're talking about it, and Arden sends a text that she's having trouble with something. Mm-hmm. And you, my first thought is, I, 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 I'm so sorry and upset that she's not here so I can help her. And right. then there is a little part of you that's like, I guess she's going to have to take care of it on her own. And that's good for her, too. And maybe that'll alleviate the guilt I feel about not being able to be there. And mm-hmm. and so, like, that's a whole thing that happens with your kids. And you were probably, your parents were probably like, like, you seem like a lovely person. So when you're like this age and almost done college, they're probably like, huh, Emma, we got her right. Like, she's going <laughs> to go get a job and teach kids how to sing. And she's lovely. And she met that boy and he cooks for her. And they're probably like Mm -hmm. pretty comfortable you know what i mean and then all of a sudden you have a need that mimics a childhood need and they're not there they feel disconnected they think oh okay well she's gonna have to get it it's gonna be good for her to figure it out and then they let go of it i imagine but then Mm -hmm. they see you in person and you say they're looking at you i'm gonna give you another perspective on that moment when they said can we help and you said let me know 20 minutes before dinner i'm gonna guess they were heartbroken watching you give yourself your insulin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to guess they were mortified, heartbroken, felt lost and useless and didn't know what to do. Um, Now, granted, they could have got off on the right foot by setting a timer or something. But (laughs) but um, but but that's my guess is that they probably felt useless in that moment. And that's that's not an easy thing to feel as a parent. So, yeah, that's my side of it. But you're in yeah, the room yelling yeah. at her that she should have done something. Go ahead. I'm sorry from there. <laughs> no, I mean, that was basically it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You and let it go? Yeah. No. And from then on, like, they got good about about giving me a heads up about when dinner will be ready. Because when I'm home, my mom cooks. And so. Yeah. She didn't want to get yelled at again. Right she didn't want to get yelled at again. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, I see where this is going. This, this girl's yeah. aggressive. <laughs> Do you think you're a different person now than you were when you left for college? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I've done a lot of growing in in the last four years, definitely. That's hard too, as a parent, to um for you to come back and not be the person you were when you left. Yeah. You know? And and it's so much. I find the unknown to be the most difficult part. Mm-hmm. Like right now, my kids are somewhere doing something. I have a mm-hmm. vague idea of where they are and a vague idea of what they're doing, but they're having these experiences and these moments, uh, seemingly like hourly, that I'm not there for, and it's mm-hmm. very upsetting. I don't. Yeah. I don't know another way to put it. Like I. I wish there was a way for you, Emma, to have all the privacy you wanted and for your mom to be able to watch your life on closed circuit television uh, mm-hmm. because she feels like 
you're becoming a person that she doesn't know. And it's um it's very, very upsetting. I don't even know a better way to say it. It's it's incredibly yeah. upsetting. So anyway. I mean, I don't I don't I would have to talk to her about it, but I don't I don't know about that. I mean, because in, in like middle school and high school, we like fought all the time because we're so similar. Yeah. But now like we're really good friends. Like I text her probably every other day. We call all the time. Um and we're a lot closer than we were then. Well, you so. you were you feel closer to her because you're an adult now, but she felt closer to you when you were seven, probably. Yeah, no, yeah. and and yesterday was Mother's Day, and so I asked her like, "What was your favorite age that we were?" It's like to be a mom, and she was like, "Yeah, probably elementary school because like y'all would come home from school and we would my brother and I, I have a brother who's two years older than me." And y'all would come home from school and we would just like cuddle on the couch and y'all would tell me about your day. And I would, I would ask you like, do you think you'll ever grow out of it, out of this? And y'all were like, no, never. We'll always do this. So every kid thinks they're going to live across the street when they grow up. Yeah. Like I'll I'll just, I'll, I'll go to the place across the street and live there so we can be near each other. Yeah. My kids would come home and we'd sit in the kitchen and talk about the day and, you know, spend a little time and then they'd eat something and you'd keep talking and, uh, is one of my favorite times too, but mm-hmm. not that this isn't a good thing. The part where you're an adult, and by the way, if it wasn't for death, Emma, I would be <laughs> down with this part. Except I'm getting old. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you don't, right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to. Um, I don't know. It just feels like it feels like that things happen in big sections, and that at some part point, one of my kids is going to get married or something like that, and then mm-hmm. the next thing you know, like I'm going to be the old guy at the wedding. And then they'll make a baby maybe. And a few years later, I'll be the guy that comes around and sees the baby sometimes. And like, it just mm-hmm. feels like you're like momenting your life away. And when you're, right. when they're little, like when you were little, it feels like you have forever. I know these are cliched mm-hmm. things to say, but they are absolutely true. So anyway, no, my sure. point is they really did let you down by not telling you about when dinner was coming. And um, <laughs> these people are bastards and they really have to try harder. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, don't say that. They they text me every time that I'm low. Whenever they get a low alert, they, they're like the first people to text me. How do you handle that? Are you good with that? Yeah. Well, normally I, I have it under control because I usually like see lows coming before they happen because I'm like just constantly checking my blood sugar. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy um and so i'll just normally text back and be like yeah treating it or like just change my sensor so it's like fake you know Mm -hmm. those things if i scrolled back through my text with arden for the last week what you would see is uh do you think it's okay if i park here (laughs) (laughs) with photos of where she parked um a soap she wants me to send to her which i've taken care of and Uh then just a string of like stop i know <laughs> leave me alone stop oh the table ripped off my omnipod there was a new one she just oh gosh arden had this thing that happened to her at school that it just it's a cascading event that just kept cascading and it was just she was in class and turned around and never I, and i i really mean this i'm genuinely saying this arden's been using an Omnipod since she was four and she's almost 19. Mm-hmm. This is the only one I've ever remembered getting knocked off, but she gets really? knocked. Yeah. She gets knocked off in class. She's like, Oh, I'm going to be back soon. She goes back home, ends up 
not feeling well and being tired and then falling asleep before she replaced <gasps> her pump. So oh, no. luckily she was having, luckily she was having like a low before that. So the low held her for hours, but we didn't know. Wow. Like, so we're looking at her blood sugar. Her blood sugar is like rock solid. And by the way, on Night Scout, everything looks okay because she didn't dis- she didn't disconnect the pod. So the pod was still running. It was in her purse oh. pumping insulin when she need when it was trying to pump insulin, right? But she's asleep the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then I'm texting her. I'm like, Arden, like something's wrong. Your blood sugar's going up, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't wake up right away. She finally gets up. And then I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I see it bolusing, but your blood sugar is not acting like it. And then fi- yeah. finally, she tells me what, what happened. So the, the pod's like in her purse bolusing. And wow. her blood sugar, she's asleep, doesn't feel well, and her blood sugar's shooting up. So then I'm like, I'm like, Arden, listen, you know, we have to test here because you, you know, we don't want you to go into DKA. You haven't had insulin for hours, like, you know, this whole yeah. thing. And she's like, I'm not in DKA. And I'm like, I don't think that's how that works, that you just get to decide <laughs> you're not. And she's like, I already put a new pot on. I made a big bolus. It's going to be fine. It's going to start going down. And I'm like, all right. And she really did handle it. Like she took okay. care. She took care of it. Um, yeah. But it's a good example of like a whole bunch of like events, like a, just a confluence of events that led to a moment where like if I wasn't watching her blood sugar and trying to wake her up, I don't know how long she would have slept. And maybe she would have woken up in DK. Mm-hmm. It's very right. scary. You should not have children, Emma. It is a thing. <laughs> it's very upsetting. Very, very upsetting. And then you love them, and then stuff like this happens, and it just takes years off your life. Like, yeah, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Get my a, biggest get a fear. Dog. My biggest fear is having a kid because I'm definitely going to have kids. Duh. Um, but For sure. my biggest fear is one of them getting type one. Yeah, and now that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Before you were like, that can't happen, which by the way, it could have. But now you're like, that, (laughs) now you're actually worried about it. Yeah. No, I had a breakdown about that too. Tell me. In Europe. In Europe? How'd you get to go to Europe, first of all, Fancy? What are you doing? It was, I've been to Europe mm, a few times, but um, this particular time was um, with the choir that I sing in at school. We did a European tour for like two weeks, which was awesome. That's amazing. And you, but but you had a breakdown in Europe while you're singing about the fact that you might have a baby one day and it maybe could have diabetes. Not while I was singing, but it was, we, so I don't know, school trips are weird in college because you're all adults, so you can do whatever you want. So um, we had tons of free time and at night, especially. And so people would, you know, go out, obviously. So we were at this bar and in in London, and I asked for a Diet Coke and rum, obviously. And then I started drinking, and then my blood sugar was, like, biking like nobody's business. And I was like, this is not diet. And so that kind of just, like, set me off because it was just annoying. Um, and so I was, like, crying outside of the bar on the street and uh, on the phone with my boyfriend who was in Miami and just like, just having a breakdown. Mm. Because a bartender gave you regular soda. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, what is that about? Did this lead to, wait, what about the part where you're upset about the kid? Maybe the future kid. Well, it just, whenever I like have these breakdowns, like once a month, it just kind of like spirals, you know? Oh, okay. 
Have you tried? I just recorded an episode. It's coming out this week about the five, four, three, two, one method for. Is that like counting? It's. Uh, Erica did a lot of the talking during this episode, so I want to make sure that I'm going to get it right. Uh, Is it like five things you see and then like four things you can touch? And yes. Like, yes. Grounding techniques. Have you ever tried that? Yeah. No. Right. Because I kind of, I don't know. I think, I think the breakdowns are like necessary. Uh-huh. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. They're not and leading just, to something worse. So you kind of want to have the outlet. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you curse healthy. when you break down? You seem Usually. so nice. You do curse though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love cursing. And I love doing I it when too. I'm upset too. <laughs> yeah. That's it's the, the best. best. It, yeah, it really is the best. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> so Emma, you do pretty well taking care of yourself. Obviously, your A1Cs are sound like they're great and you're doing well. Do you struggle with anything? Like diabetes wise? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. So my, I've had type one for a year and since I was diagnosed about like, uh, like six months after I was diagnosed, I got sick for the first time, which was horrible, by the way, would not recommend because mm. it's so much harder than when you don't have type one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're talking um, about real people sick. Like you got the flu or something like that. It was just a cold, but it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. It was like the worst ever. I felt like I was dying because I was feeling horrible because I was sick, but then my blood sugars were like high all the time because my resistance was way up. So that was just making me feel worse. But after that, my insulin needs in general were like a lot higher. Um, and so I had to kind of like figure out my new ratios. And then I was on a pump at that point. Um, so it was like easy to just like, you know, do the math and, and put it in the pump. But when with, with those bigger boluses, because I was using so much more insulin, sometimes like my pump couldn't handle it. And like absorption wise, like it wasn't really working. So like my pump would leak and then I would have to like change it early. And then I didn't know how much insulin I really got because it leaked. And I was doing a lot of like phantom carbs after my meals. So Uh like, just because I was high and I wanted to get it down, I would say I was eating like 20 carbs. And then even though I wasn't, um, and my endo has gotten on me about that because she doesn't like that I do that. But, um, I don't know. We're, we're finding ways to, to stop doing that. So gotcha. that's been, that's been a challenge. Like just the insulin needs always going up because we, at my last appointment, we just did my C peptides, mm-hmm. which is a measure of, of, you're like the functionality of your pancreas and mine is like at 0.8, which is just like in the frame of normal, like very low, but, but in the normal range. And so my insulin needs are only going to go up from here. Oh, you are having like a lot of experience, like a, like a latent, like a, a slow onset of your actual, like full need for insulin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you're adjusting, having to adjust more and more and more as time goes mm-hmm. on pretty consistently yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like a slow mm-hmm. drift away. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. And so I just started because my doctor, after all this stuff, prescribed me Ozempic. 
which is for type two, but it makes you more sensitive to insulin. And so I've been on that for like a week and it's like, cut my insulin needs in like half. Emma, if you stay on Ozempic for a year, will you come back on and talk about it with me? Oh yeah, for sure. Thank you. I'm on Wegovi. It's the same drug. Oh, Oh, cool. Ozempic and Wegovi are the same molecule. They uh, get different names so they can be... um, they can be used for different things. So uh, I'm prescribed Wegovi for weight loss. You would be prescribed Ozempic for type 2 diabetes, weight loss. How are you getting it for type 1? What's your diagnosis that leads to you getting it? I guess like high... Insulin mm-hmm. resistance. Yeah. And your insurance company paid for it? Yeah. Ooh. Well, 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 that's awesome. good news. <laughs> are you on your own insurance with that school? No, it's my dad. I was going to say, are you on like somebody who's had like been making money for 35 years insurance? Yeah. 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 Th- those insurances are usually better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. How- and you can stay on your dad's insurance for, f- for a few more years till you're 26, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Gotcha. On Scott's years. insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't love my name, by the way. <laughs> well, my dad's name, my dad's first name is actually Christopher. And his middle name is Scott, so he chose Scott. Really? Would yeah. I choose Scott or Christopher? Hold on. I don't know. I don't use my name. Like, my name doesn't get used often. Like, nobody mm-hmm. calls me Scott. That what do they call you? Nothing. Do people call uh, you Emma? Oh. Like, is that how people well, get your attention? Yeah, or Miss Gladden. Mm-hmm. Do you want your last name in there, or should I take that out? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I um, I don't. Nobody says my name. Make mm-hmm. my mom once in a while, maybe. But yeah, don't I think, Dad? I don't know. <laughs> Kelly called me stupid the other day. I don't think she was even kidding. It was very hurtful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, "Do you think I'm stupid?" She goes, "Sometimes." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> God, all right." Really ruined my afternoon. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll uh, do it. Yeah. Um, Tell me a little bit. I mean, I'm remiss if I don't ask, right? Like you've hinted at yeah. it two or three times now. You like the podcast? I do. What do you What do yeah. you get from it? Oh gosh, I, I think just everything I've learned about diabetes has has been from the podcast. As many like journals and and books and things that I read when I was first diagnosed, like this was the most helpful information because it was so accessible and um like I could just listen to it in the car or or when I'm walking you know and and I don't know I think that what you do is so so valuable because it just helps so many people and and like I I can't count how many people I've like recommended the the podcast to whether they're the people with type one or like family members that I've sent episodes to I just I think that it's it's so valuable Thank what you, you. do. Really. Um, so I'm happy, very, very happy that you uh, that you enjoy it. It's doing something for you. Um, and that's how it grows. Like you just described how a podcast gets bigger. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it really doesn't move without the listeners sharing it with other people. Um, and, and then eventually it would die if they didn't do that. So it's it's mm-hmm. very cool that you that it means enough to you and, and is valuable enough to you that you'd share it with somebody else. I appreciate that very much. So this is a management thing for you. Like you got management ideas from the podcast. Yeah. Well, and 
some of the After Dark episodes too, I just listened to for fun. Like the one about a stripper and like all like the ones about like drug users and things like that. I just think those are so interesting. Yeah, me too. It's just another, um, another take on this disease and how it affects, you know, p- people. Yeah. I love, uh, I love talking to people and it doesn't matter what their story is really. Like I really enjoy hearing it. I interviewed a nine year old girl the other day. Oh my God. And I had I such a good time. I te- wait, wait, do you like she sarcasm? She was too young for sarcasm. So <laughs> right. like, I'll, like I was, I don't know. You're just going to have to listen to it. <laughs> it's I had I'm such a fun forward. time talking to her. But I just love hearing from people and, yeah, you know, their perspectives, their ideas. Like, even talking to you and seeing, you know, like, you're an interesting mix of people, right? Like, you're a serious person. You're thoughtful. You're smart. You took a lot of care to learn about your own health. And at the same time, you were like, I need to know how to drink. And, <laughs> like, it's just, that's, it's a it's a good insight into the people are complex and, and yeah. nothing's as simple as it seems. Even, even with the, the, the story you told about your parents, like is very honest. And I think it'll help people to understand that, you know, everybody's not going to just understand their diabetes right away. And it's, mm-hmm. it's going to take some communication and work to build that, you know, like yeah. you, you were able to build it with your boyfriend because he's there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, if your parents were there, you'd build something with them too, but it wouldn't be the same as what you have with your boyfriend. And everybody can kind of have a, a slightly different piece of this and, and bring something to the support network that you have. So very cool. No, it's wonderful. Um, Is there things we haven't talked about yet that we should have? I want to, I don't want to miss anything. I don't know. I mean, I travel a lot, so I could talk a little bit about that, but did you have to travel once you, when you were newly diagnosed or did you have time to pull it together before you started? My first, I, I took a trip to California um, in March after I was diagnosed. So about a month after I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And that was hard because I was still figuring things out. And I was also MDI, which is just less convenient than having a pump too. Yeah. I also like I was staying at my at my roommate's house with her family and I actually left my insulin in the fridge <laughs> which was an issue. I've that's I've done that twice now, which is not great. <laughs> Abandoned your insulin at someone's home? Yeah. Did you go back? Well the for other it? one was an Airbnb. Oh. Well, no, so my roommate's mom brought it to Miami the next time that she came down, which was great. But the other time I left it, it was an Airbnb and I didn't get it back, which was bad. I think they sold it. On the black market. I don't know because it was at it was at a hotel, but it was also an Airbnb. So the people that they had come clean wasn't through the hotel. So I like tried to call the hotel and they were like, Oh, we don't that's not our cleaning, so like we don't know. And then I couldn't really contact the host anymore because of other things and and yeah. Somebody wouldn't just walk upstairs and look for you? I guess not. People suck. Why would they not do that? Did you tell them like they, it's important, it's expensive, it's etc.? Yeah, no, yeah. But they were people, like, "Yeah, we know. We already sold it on eBay." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I once had a conversation with somebody about an, a lost iPad, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, like we don't know." And I'm like, "You know, I can track the iPad. It's exactly where you are." <laughs> really? Yeah. They're like, "No." I'm like, "No, it is. It's, <laughs> it's right there in the building you're in. You sure you don't have it? No. 
then all of a sudden I couldn't track it anymore. I was like, oh, so you shut it off? No. I'm like, all right. I said, well, uh, I hope you choke on the money that you get for selling my iPad and go fuck yourself. And I got off the phone. Uh, But it, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it wasn't that for you, but (laughs) I'm, I'm cynical. (laughs) I'm assuming, (laughs) I'm assuming somebody saw it and was like, oh, my grandmother uses insulin. Cha-ching. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's so expensive nowadays, but yeah, it's also just with traveling, keeping it at the right temperature and everything is really hard. And yeah. So how do you do that? How did you figure out how to do it? Well, um, I keep it in a water bottle now. But when I went on this this European tour with my choir, it was almost an incident because we had had flown to London, I think. And, um, we got to the, to the airport and then we had a bus that was there with this like British bus driver who was hilarious, but he like wanted nothing, like did not want us to touch the bags going into the, like underneath the bus Mm -hmm. because it was like Tetris and he was like the best at it. So he did all the bags and I was, it was like stressing me out that he was yelling at people helping. So I just kind of sort of like left my bags there and then went up to the bus. And then like 30 minutes after we were on the bus, I realized that my insulin was in my carry-on that was underneath the bus. That was probably not cool down there. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, we have like a week left of this trip and am I just going to have spoiled insulin? So I freaked out, did not break down, which was fortunate. Um, But I like told the bus driver and we were like on the way to Westminster Abbey. And he was like, okay, when we get there, we'll like open up underneath the bus. And, and I, I take medications too that needs to be cold. And I totally understand. And he was really sweet about it. And then he, there was like this little cooler compartment, like on the bus that was for like waters that he would sell us. And he was like, you can keep your insulin in in here every day from now on. Like, don't worry about it, Hmm. which was really kind. I don't know. I, I just, I find that with diabetes like you just you just find people who care everywhere which is wonderful yeah i i will tell you that we travel with arden's insulin vials in a sort of like a i don't know like one of those stainless steel cups that keeps things cold (laughs) for like a month and yeah you know i put a little bit of ice in the bottom and then usually the vials we actually put the vials in like a plastic bag to keep them dry and mm-hmm. usually put like a little bit of a paper towel around them just to keep them like cushioned a little. And then they go mm-hmm. the bag and everything goes in and then more ice on top. And then I find that can stay cold for days like that. Mm-hmm. And, I think you've mentioned that before. And yeah. that's what I do now because I've I oh, heard good. you do that. Oh, good, good, good. Plus it's a little shock resistant and it's small enough that if you can, like even when you've got a ton of bags, you can either put it somewhere, you know, if it's, or you can carry it with you and you don't lose it. It's heavy enough. You know, you have it with you. You know what I mean? Like you don't mm-hmm. lose track of it. Like there's a, a lot of good stuff. We're actually thinking of going on a impromptu trip pretty soon to a warm weather awesome. place. So I think we'll, so what, you're not going to tell me where is it Miami? No, but we'll probably fly over Miami getting to it. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, just, uh, my, a couple of times in our life, we've vacationed in St. John um, in the Virgin mm-hmm. Islands when my yeah. ki- my kids were little. Arden's coming home from college. All of her friends are actually home from college. And they're overlapping exactly at the same time. And Kelly's like, maybe 
maybe all the girls would want to go. Like we could kind of split the cost a little bit and make it doable. Oh, yeah. So we're we're That'd thinking we're trying we're looking into that this week. Maybe we we might end up doing that. Um, but yeah, it, it would be lovely actually to see them all because they're older now and it's weird. Like one of them came mm-hmm. over last night when they got home from college to say hi and you just look in and you're like, God, you're like 19 now. It's ridiculous. Aww. You know, so. So you're doing well, traveling, counting on other people a little bit, a little kindness, a little thoughtfulness. I was interested that you you got pressured when the stuff was going in the bus. Yeah, I just get anxious about things like that. And so I forget about <laughs> the things that I need. I think about other people too much. I'm like, what do you need? I need you to feel okay with what's happening right now. So yeah. I just forget about myself. I would have been like, I don't care what you're saying. My insulin's in here. You're not touching that. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but that's, that's okay though. I mean, you worked it out, right? And you did stand up. Like once you, once you had your mm-hmm. wits about you, you were like, I have to do something about this. Yeah. Yeah. You're handling it well. You think you're going to get married like soon or you think you'll get married later? Within the next like three to five years, probably. I've been dating my boyfriend for three and a half. Mm-hmm. years and we're both music educators so we're on like the same path in life and and i just i can't imagine doing life with anyone else so no. it'll happen eventually i just don't know very when. Nice. that's very nice good for you yeah. yeah not too soon not too late right in the middle i hear you mm-hmm. i like it mm-hmm. i got married too soon i know you got married when you were really young yeah. right my wife would say the same thing she might have been saying it, it while, she, while she was calling me stupid the other day. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's worked out or not. I've only been married for 26 years. It could all still fall apart. Don't you think? Mm. It could. Mm. Nah. I don't know. Nah, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Nah. I'm just saying there's no way to know. You know, like I said to that nine-year-old girl when I was interviewing her the other day, uh, I asked her, like, she was from Canada, so I did all my Canadian humor on one little kid who didn't understand that I was kidding. It's fantastic. <laughs> You know, and I, I'm just like, uh, I'm like, how do you get there? And she's like, in a car. I'm like, there are cars in Canada. And she goes, yes. And I'm like, are you, there really are? And she goes, yeah. I was like, I didn't think you had cars. And she goes, yeah, there's cars everywhere. I'm like, I said, you know for sure there's cars in America. And she goes, yeah. I'm like, have you ever been here? She goes, no. And I said, well, how do you know for sure there are cars here? And she goes, there are. And I said, are you in a room right now? And she goes, yes. I said, is the door closed? And she goes, yes. I said, look at the door. She looks at the door, and I go. Uh, is there a clown standing on the other side of that door? And she goes, no. And I went, are you sure? <laughs> no. And I'm like, are you sure there are cars in America? <laughs> That's so funny. I yeah. love messing with kids. It's my favorite thing. That's why I love working with kids so much, that they're so fun to mess with. I thought she needed a critical thinking exercise. I was like, yeah. I'm, I, so I told her, I'm like, there's probably not a clown on the other side of the door, but you don't know for certain. And so she was like, That's yeah, I so guess funny. not. I was like, right on. So are there cars in America? And she goes, I think so, but I'm not sure. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> now we're learning how to think. Uh, and I was amusing myself because, I, as you may imagine, there's not a ton to talk to a nine-year-old about. <laughs> mm-hmm, right, so, yeah. But, no, yeah, when my kids when my kids would ask me, like, how old are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm 604. They're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, well, how do you know? Maybe I am. And like, mm, I'm like, yeah, I'm 604. And they're like, 
okay <laughs> i just like don't really know what to do with it they're just young enough to like not know what to do and not just call you on it like a couple years older yeah. and they'll be like hey that lady's crazy just everyone knows like yeah. stay away from her <laughs> she's telling me about being a vegan i know wait that was right, scott's yeah. teacher <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way i don't care if you want to be a vegan just a weird way to go about trying to indoctrinate a nine-year-old you know what i mean i agree no yeah. i agree i was like whatever yeah it's okay um but you could draw the skull, which was very helpful in the class. Mm, there you go. Because it was different. The other reasons for it, at least. I'm hoping she also was using it for that reason. And just, you know, <laughs> whatever. She, that is amazing. Like, that woman's probably not with us anymore. Mm. Like, I was nine and she was 40. So, I mean, that was 40. I mean, maybe she is, but, oh, it's so weird. I can picture in my head. She's like a pretty, like a pretty lady that didn't shave her armpits. That's how I remember. That's how I remember her, and a lot of flowing dresses and mm-hmm. moccasins and things like that. She was lovely. She really was. Oh God, I hope she's not dead. <laughs> Time goes by so fast. You have no idea. Uh, what are we? Uh, what have we done? Are we good? We're done. You feel good about this? You're like, no, we didn't get any of the things. How will I do for you? Is what I'm asking. No, we're doing great. I just want to keep talking because this is fun. But oh, we well, can stop. We can keep talking. What do you want to keep talking? No, about? it's like it's a, it's over an hour, and I know that an hour is about. So I don't want to be if it, no one's going to listen to a two hour long episode. Sometimes they so, do, but yeah, you don't want to be a schnur. You don't know the word, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that word? I actually don't. No, oh, I don't. Okay. I think it's Yiddish. <laughs> it's Yiddish. Okay. But you don't know what it means. What I it mean, mean, I can use it in a sentence. Uh, like, <laughs> Like a beggar or a scrounger, a layabout. Oh, you don't want to. You don't okay. want to. You don't want to like try to get more out of this than is there. A beggar is basically right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, a sponger, a beggar, a schnurrer. S C H N O R R E R. Can I tell you a story? Since you want to talk more. Yeah. No. Yeah. Go for it. Two weekends ago, I spoke at a private event, and this private event was. Completely for Orthodox Jews, uh, adult couples, you know, one side of the couple had type one and the other side was the spouse and they Mm. were there to learn about diabetes stuff. This was like a two and a half day event. Mm. So I am immediately excited because I'm going to be able to test my Yiddish, like, (laughs) like, which I assume is bad. Um, And people (laughs) will be able to like, you know, help me with my pronunciation and my understanding and stuff like that. I had a couple of, uh-huh. a couple of times where it actually worked out for me uh, pretty well. At one point I was giving a talk to like 400 people, if you can imagine. And somebody said, thank you. I said, no, 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 it's my, my, my pleasure. Can I ask you to do something for me? And they're like, yes. And I said, uh, how's my pronunciation on this? And they looked at me really quizzically and I went, Hakimi in China. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and so much laughter because people are like, how do you know that? And so um, so they helped me. Apparently, my pronunciation pretty good. And, um, okay. and then they helped me understand the saying, which I use as like, like I would say like, like if, if Emma, like if I asked you some questions, you wouldn't answer them. I might say, Emma, why are you hocking me in China? And I'm okay. like, but that's how I would say it. And they were like, it, I think like it means like banging on a teapot um mm-hmm. and but it means ba- like bothering somebody like why are you bothering me why are you banging on this teapot and i was like okay so they told me i was using that well i was pretty excited 
And nice. um, yeah, it's, it's a meaning chopping or banging on a teapot, uh, realizing it will make lots of noise and then break. I, I don't know. So why would you, why are you hawking me in China? I don't know why it's like used like that. So then we had these great exercises at meals where they would bring myself and a, another person that was speaking there. They'd bring us the dish that everybody was about to eat and they'd say, hey, tell us how many carbs you think were in, is in this, which was really cool because it was it was Shabbos and a lot of the food was just very carb heavy. And I don't, yeah. I, I don't even know how you'd be able to like tell. Like it was just, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So they bring this one thing and I'm up on a riser. So I'm in front of like 200 people. It was kind of weird. They had us up on a table. Like I was like, we were at a wedding, me and the other guy. <laughs> it's like, felt like we were getting <laughs> married. And um, they put the dish up in front and uh, I stood up. And I kind of made a show of it a little bit, like made some faces and covered my mouth, like, oh, my gosh, and stuff like that. And I'm looking in. I don't know what I'm looking at. So I take a fork and I spear this thing and I hold it up and there's laughter. I'm like, what? What is this? What? What is this? And everybody's mm-hmm. like, it's a kishka. It's a kishka. And like, I'm hearing that from all over the room and they're laughing because I don't know what it is and everything. And I'm poking mm-hmm. at it with my other finger while it's hanging from the fork. And uh, I said, I don't understand. And this woman comes up, you know, that kind of helps lead the room. And she goes, what, what is it you don't understand? She grabs the microphone. She says, he doesn't understand. I'm like, I don't understand. If this is a kishka, then where does the saying eating my kishkas out come from? And that led to like, oh, my God, so much laughter. People were having a great time. <laughs> so what I learned was uh, a kishka, I think is like something like inside of a an animal, like in its stomach or something, or it's your kishkas. And so if you're like breaking someone's balls, like why are you eating, why are you digging at my insides? Why are you eating my kishkas out? And so I got to do all that while I was at the thing. And I have to tell you, I had such a good time. That's awesome. Yeah. I got to be, all right, here's my last thing about this. I got to be the shop... Hold on a second. The what? I got to be a Shabbos Goy. Do you know what that means? No. What is that? Okay. So Goy means non-Jew. Okay. Okay. And Shabbos is, you know, the the time from sundown, Friday, sundown, Saturday, where Orthodox people don't use electricity. So they're not allowed to use any, like, electric. Now, they're, this, right. this group had um, kind of like a... I don't know, a pass from the rabbi to use their insulin pumps and their Dexcoms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. at the end of the the first night, I was getting on the elevator, which, by the way, was a private elevator for me because no one else in the whole setting could use the elevator. So right, never. Yeah. Oh, my God, it was terrific. I never waited for an elevator for 24 <laughs> hours. I like zip, zip, up, down. But I'm standing waiting for the elevator. And there's a woman uh, standing near me, but she's waiting to go up the stairs. And she appears to be waiting for another person says this guy comes up and they start speaking to each other in Hebrew and they clearly are talking about me. So I'm like sort of sitting there going like, what's going on? And then I, and, and then she goes to him in English. She goes, he doesn't know what that is. And I was like, what do, what do I not know? What is this? Like, where is this going in? And then I heard him say like kind of in broken English and kind of in Hebrew, uh, Shabbos Goy. And I went, wait, 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 wait. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, I know what that is. I was like, I would totally do that. And, 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 and he's like, and he's like, oh, good, good, good. Like, meet me in front of room, you know, uh, he's like, you're on the sixth floor, right? I was like, I am. He goes, you can meet me in front of my room. He gave me the number. So obviously, 
and I beat him to the room because I had the elevator and he had to run up six flights of stairs, but, um, and not insensible shoes either. And so, um, (laughs) and so I'm waiting at his door because do you know why he wants me? Why? To turn off his lights for him. (gasps) Oh. Right? Because it's midnight. And so he stops me and he goes, let me, he says something about, let me make sure my wife is decent or something like that. And then he goes in, she's in bed, and he's like, come in. So the room is like glowing because there's lights on, right? Yeah. And um, she's in bed with the blanket pulled over her head. I'm assuming trying to sleep with this 100-watt bulb like glaring at her. And he yeah. kind of can't tell me. He's not allowed to tell me what he wants. So I just okay. kind of walked in the room, and I'm like reaching out for the switch like this one. And I got the little vibe, and I clicked it off. And the voice from the bed goes, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, oh, you're, you're, you're very welcome. And so I get to walk out again. But there's a light on in the bathroom. And I gesture to that one. And he gives me the, like, no sign. I'm like, oh, he's probably going to mm-hmm. close the door so he can still have the light overnight if he needs it. Mm-hmm. It, was very, wow. it was very interesting. I learned a lot. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here was my big takeaway. Because they asked me on my last day, like, you know, what did you, what did you, we, you know, what did you take from this? What would you like us to take from this? So I told them what I wanted mm-hmm. them to take from it about timing and insulin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, what I'm going to take from it is, is that when I got here, I mean, there's just no doubt, like your religion is much different than anything I've ever seen. They mm-hmm. of course have a very specific way of dressing and everything, which when you first get there, it feels like you're in another time almost. It's weird. Right. But once I got to know them and speak with them, what I could tell you is that they were literally no different than anybody else I'd ever met in my life. Wow. Yeah. It was very, uh, it was just a great experience to to have that. Because if somebody was going to be different based on how they looked, this would have been the spot. But I got into small groups with people. They were lovely, funny, thoughtful. Not Nothing nothing different than anybody else I'd ever met in my whole life. So anyways, it was, it was really okay. interesting. Yeah. See? And by you saying you wanted to stay on for a little longer, I got to tell a story I was never going to tell on the podcast. So awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. I hope to do more speaking. (laughs) I haven't done a bunch (laughs) since COVID and it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Really cool to, to, um, it, it was really excellent again to impact people like in real time. And Mm -hmm. to watch them have, like, I know you guys are listening and having reactions, but I don't get to be, Mm -hmm. like, I don't get to be on the other side of it, you know, because I'm pre-recorded. But it was nice to see people come up to me with their CGMs and say, like, oh, I did the thing you talked about in the thing and look at how flat my line is. Or, yeah, like the rabbi came up to me afterwards uh, and told me that his uh, blood sugar was uh, 72 after Shabbos dinner. And that he's like, it's never been that steady or low. And uh, oh. I was like, that's great. I was like, what'd you do? He goes, I did what you said. I was like, oh, cool. So I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, yeah, I don't get feedback like that often. So yeah, no, yeah. that's great. And I think that's also why the Facebook group is so nice too, because we get to like interact with each other and interact with you in some cases too. Yeah. No, I, I I appreciate very much that because that is the only time, that's the only feedback I get usually. Yeah. 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 Emails um, are overwhelmingly, you know, generally positive. Although someone yelled at me the other day, and oh. um, it was actually really upsetting, Emma. But like, why? Why would they do that? Like, just keep it to yourself. What uh, they say? 
uh, they said I was going to kill people with my reckless <gasps> ideas about diabetes. Oh, God. Like the podcast has been up for nine years. I was like, I don't know if it's reckless. There's been about 27,000 doctors on here saying this is what they tell people. So I'm like, all right. Wow. But it was, um, somebody was mad. You know, I don't know what it was about. They didn't give a lot of context in their letter. Um, and I read it and uh, I put it in my brain as something somebody thought and then I deleted it. So uh, mm. I'm okay now. Uh, but, you know, what Like, what was I going to do? Respond back and go, hi, I don't know if you know how the world works. But at the beginning, I say nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice. Like they said, stop pretending to be a doctor. I'm like, I'm pretending to be a doctor. I call myself an idiot six times a week. I tell people, don't listen to me. Don't <laughs> I come out? Am I? I come out and say, what do I say? My wife doesn't listen to me. You shouldn't either. It's not my fault. I'm very clear that I'm not a trusted source. <laughs> anyway, it made me sad for a minute, but then I, uh, you know, I let it go. Yeah, no. And compared with the amount of people that you help too, like the the it's you shouldn't let just one person being angry, you know. No, I, yeah, I didn't, but it's hard not to, like, I could, if I could, I could write you an email, Emma, that has nothing to do with your reality. And still, if you read it, you'd be like, oh God, that hurts. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially when you're trying to help Mm -hmm. and you're seeing overwhelmingly how much it's helping people. And then my first thought was, oh gosh, like, do they misunderstand? Like, did did, Mm -hmm. did they hear something and misunderstand something or did they maybe like, maybe this is just a low carb person who's like, you know, you tell people how to use insulin, you know, that's not good for them. Like, I don't know what they really meant by it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it wasn't fun, but I didn't hang mm-hmm. on to it very long. Just, uh, I looked at it and I was like, all right, well, that's somebody's opinion. And then I considered yeah. responding and I thought, I don't know, like, where's that going to go? So, yeah. you know, I just kind of got rid of it. But anyway, you're doing well. That makes me happy. I am. I'm in the fives now, my agency, which is good. Get out of here, seriously. Yeah. That's excellent. I went, yeah, my, uh, like, six months after diagnosis, I was 5.1, which was great. And then after that, like, I've started, um, like, learning how to eat food that I actually want to eat, you know, like, fun food. Yeah. And so it's it's went up to, like, 5.3, and I think now it's at 5.5, which I'm okay with because... I'm eating what I want and it's still pretty good. So yeah. It's amazing. It's I mean, not just amazing, but also a lot of Cuban food mixed in and you're doing oh, great. Yeah. What what what's yeah. uh what's the basis of Cuban eating? Like is it oh, ri- rice and beans. Rice and beans. Okay. And a lot of meat. Uh pork, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Plantains too. Has he um your boyfriend, is he born here or was he born in Cuba? He's born here, but his, both his parents are uh, from Cuba. But everyone's here now? Pretty much, Do yeah. they get to go back, or does it not work that way? His mom has gone back a few times, but his dad hasn't because, you know. Castro not, and anger? It's harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, is your bo- your boyfriend being just like, like he's first generation, but is he like incredibly mm-hmm. American or is he like, do you know what I mean? Or does he have, is he a blend? He's, he's very American. Yeah. And like to the point, even that like in Cuban culture, even in Miami, cause Miami is basically like Northern Cuba. It's, it's 
it's more like Latin American than it is America. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of like machismo and like, just like kind of toxic masculinity. And he's not that way at all, which is awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine you'd be with him if he was like (laughs) a jerk. Right. My God. And I agree with you about the Facebook group. I want to say it's, um, it's one of the things I don't, I can't believe this is how my life has gone, but I'm, most proud of a few things and one of those is that facebook group and how it helps people yeah so, yeah yeah for sure and there are people in there that don't even listen to the podcast which i think is kind of wild i do too but. and it's upsetting by the way to me emma personally <laughs> as the guy's breaking <laughs> sure. his ass making this podcast but it's it's good because what i've learned to imagine is that they were never going to do it like some people mm. have some people's like vibe is like yours. You're like, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to find things out like that kind of thing. And some people are just like, please just tell me the answer. I don't want to know yeah. more than this. And I'm happy for those people to still have direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love for them to listen to the podcast. There's no doubt if everyone in that Facebook group, if everyone in that Facebook group uh, uh, subscribed to this podcast today, I mean, there's so many people in there. It would, uh, this yeah. would be one of the biggest podcasts in the world if that happened. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's not because some people just, that's not the way they get their information, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a shame because then they, they, they're they never going to hear about the Shabbos Goy. Do you think I could make that the title of the episode? <laughs> about you? Sure. I mean, it would, like, it really gets away from you, which I don't appreciate. And <laughs> but, I then, do... but then they'll listen to the whole thing because it happens after an hour. So they're going to listen and be like, what is the Shabbos Goy thing? And then, then they'll listen to the whole thing. Emma, you're in my head. Or... <laughs> or they won't or they'll be like i don't want to hear about that like i don't know i like diabetes <laughs> breakdown i do think that's a good one because we broke down diabetes today while we were talking oh true and you had a number yeah. of breakdowns while you were breaking while you were learning about diabetes over the last year i did all yeah. the time yeah I, let me ask you a couple of like brief questions about ozempic yeah and then okay. i am gonna i'm gonna reiterate to you that if you stay on it for a good long time i absolutely want you to come back and talk about it okay okay um cool so you started at how long have you been doing it? Just a week, not oh. even a week. I, I first injection was last Tuesday. Snap, and it's helping you already. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. Here's the thing: is that I'm also on my period, which also you know messes everything up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much is is my menstrual cycle and how much is Ozempic, but like I've been using like half as much insulin. So do you usually use less insulin during your period? Uh, like for the first few days before my period, I'm like super sensitive. Mm-hmm. And then like when my period starts, I get super resistant. Do you ever sing the song? Oh, Zempic. Do you ever oh. do that? No. No, I will though. Yeah. That's awesome. What a great jingle. Like uh, whoever <laughs> wrote that's like a genius. <laughs> okay. So wait, 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 hold on. Have you, do you have weight to lose? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've gained a little bit of weight this semester because I wasn't like walking to and from school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you lose weight the first week? I mean, during your period would probably be difficult, but. Oh, I don't, I don't weigh myself. I don't know. You got to weigh yourself. That's the whole. You, okay, sorry. Oh my God. Sorry, I'll do that. <laughs> Jesus, like way to let me down, Emma. Um, like, <laughs> so yeah, start weighing yourself like weekly if you want to. I do it every day on the uh, Wegovi. Um, I have lost, uh, 15 pounds so far and hold on. I keep my used, I keep my used pens here so I can keep track. So I have, okay. 
So I've done four injections at 0.25 milligrams so far and three injections at 0.5, which I guess means I've been doing this for seven weeks. And tomorrow is my fourth injection of 0.5. And then the next week I go up to one and I've lost like 15 pounds so far. Wow. Yeah. So, and I haven't done, I haven't done much. I mean, I, I'm eating more salads and roughage in general, vegetables. My Mm -hmm. wife started gardening. So we have, um, a lot of fresh, like salad, like lettuce and stuff, different kinds of lettuce. Mm -hmm. And I, you you just can't eat as much. Are you finding that you can't eat as much or has it not hit you like that yet? Yeah. No, my, my appetite is like kind of non-existent too. Yeah. It's sometimes like, like I'm in trouble now because I'm a little woozy right now because I haven't eaten yet today. Mm-hmm. So I got up. Yeah, I got up and I was like, oh, I'm going to eat now. And then I didn't have a chance. And then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to have, a, I have to get something done for the podcast, like some back end stuff that's boring. And, you know, <laughs> if you all would subscribe, I could hire somebody to do. And, um, but anyway, so I'm doing like clerical stuff. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I should eat now. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to eat right before I, like record so i'll wait and then we went a half an hour longer than i expected and i'm not hungry like yeah my no. s- stomach isn't telling me i'm hungry my brain is not telling me i'm hungry i only know i'm hungry because i'm getting drifty in my head mm-hmm. and that's the only way i can tell that i haven't eaten so what i yeah. will tell you is eat on a schedule because you're not going to think to eat if it's working on you right so yeah. just just pick no, a I'm time in the exact same boat yeah yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Did you get any, um, like, uncomfortableness in your stomach? Or, God, I'm not gonna, am I about, it's only been a week. I'm not going to ask you if your stool has changed, because that's just a weird way to talk to people. I'd almost, <laughs> I'd almost just rather ask you if you're constipated or have diarrhea. But, um, <laughs> but I haven't had problem with any of that. Yeah, no. Mine has been, it's been fine. My, so I've been getting it's my period though. So like I've had some like cramps in my mm-hmm. abdomen and I don't know if it's like the medication or my period is the thing. Well, I can tell you that on Saturday when I woke up at the, the event I was speaking at to mm-hmm. learn that, that a very common thing for them to eat on Saturday morning is cheesecake for oh. breakfast. And I was like, Hmm, these are my people for sure. Cheesecake for breakfast. <laughs> and then I went over and they were kind of these ornate cheesecakes. They were very like, like they had chocolate on them and other stuff. It wasn't just like cheesecake, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and so I'm like, I don't think I can eat this because of the Wegovi, but I don't want to insult them. And and I said, so I took a piece and I took mm-hmm. a spoonful of cheesecake and it sat like a rock in my stomach. It was like yeah. so upsetting. Like I was like, oh, I had like reflux from it and everything. I'm like, all right, cheesecake mm. can't do that. Like mental note. But I had uh, like the overfulness feeling hit me really hard in the first three days of my first injection. But that's gone mm-hmm. away since then. Like I can eat through it if I need to. Like if I, I don't know what that even means. Like I guess if I wanted to overeat, <laughs> I could. Um, I don't know how much. I haven't pushed it. But yesterday mm-hmm. I made a wrap like two eggs, it's two eggs, a few ounces of chicken. I put the, I cooked them together with some mushrooms. I threw them in a wrap. And I couldn't even finish yeah. the, I couldn't finish the wrap. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're having all those experiences already in just a week. 
Yeah, pretty much. Wow. I yeah, like I get, I get full so fast. No appetite. Yeah, that's, mm. those are the biggest changes. I haven't. There's not much else. Like my doctor said, I might there might be like nausea and like vomiting and like things like that, and I haven't experienced yeah. that at all. Uh, and so, and your insulin needs went down already. So I can't wait to see how long because I think this is going to be. Why am I asking about this? I think this is going to be a very popular treatment for type mm-hmm. two and type one diabetes, like yeah. moving forward in the future. Like I, I foresee a time where people are doing this um, with a lot of regularity. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. it, it's crazy how well it works. Yeah, I mean, honestly, sure. I'm a pound away from being the lowest weight I've been since 2019, I think. Wow. Yeah. And just for not like for like click, click. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the end of it. So anyway, uh, you, if you stay on it, please let me know. Okay. Even if you stay on yeah. it for like six months, like reach back out okay. and say, Hey, I'm still on this. And then we'll start making plans for you to come back. Okay. Okay. Sure. Cool. Emma, thank you so much. You were really great. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. That was my pleasure. Hold on one second for me. How about Emma? Thank you so much, Emma, for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.